Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Austin Scott, and Ryan LaVoy inside our studios here. We're going to get to your birthdays in sports here in just a moment. Your phone call is always welcome, 334-887-3401. On this Wednesday, uh, I just came across this and figured we have a little discussion. We're getting ready for college football Uh, 60-some-odd days away from Auburn and Mercer taking the field on September 4th inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Tomorrow, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South will be back on the program. Really enjoyed our visit with him the first time around. Talked a lot about Joe Moorhead taking over as the Akron head coach, which is always a good talking point for everybody. And so that's going to be fun to revisit with Connor O'Gara tomorrow on the program. But what they just tweeted out was a Wednesday start bench cut from Saturday down south. And and let's get people to answer this one here. A start bench and cut. Love it. Okay. Everyone understand the concept? Starting who you would like for putting somebody on the bench. And unfortunately, (laughs) someone's time is coming to a close. Start bench and cut. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. Oh, that's so Fox easy. Sports, the SEC on Oof. CBS, and ESPN. Now, this is the crew? This is or, the crew. Or everything that comes with... You know, they it's, it, well, their post says best commentating crew. So we're going with So I would the lean two. in that direction right. with the two announcers and not uh, mine's easy. your full product. Fowler and Herbstreit. You're starting them. Starts them. Bench, Nestler, and... Uh, Danielson and cut Gus. Johnson, no love for Clark. Gus Johnson and Joel. I'm Clark. the same one. There's I'm, that's that's exactly what mine would. There's be. a place. This wasn't as entertaining. Like <laughs> like, like I I still think there's certain things that I want to hear Gus yell about. You know, it's like third and ten drops back. Ow! <laughs> you know, there's a place for that, but I don't need it all season long. Yeah. Um. And and he's always turned up. Huh. He's oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 He always turned up. Uh, I didn't know what you meant by turned up, but yes, now I know <laughs> what you mean by turned up. What? Well, uh, could you speak louder? Can you turn up, please? Right. Yeah. Um, no. Um, and I don't hate. I'm. I know this will be unpopular, and this might be too far for some people. I don't hate Gary Danielson. I'm sorry. I. I. I think he sees the game. He sees the game, um, very intelligently, in my in my opinion, and. Uh, I know that every – here's how I know he's not biased uh, or at least not as biased as people think he is. Everybody in the league thinks he's biased <laughs> against their team, which means he couldn't possibly be be biased against all the teams. So, But I've – because I, I hear Auburn people say he loves Alabama all the time. Well, it's like they show Alabama all the time. Yeah. You know, that's not like a – that's going to naturally happen – uh, and he's going to tell you that Bryce Young or Tua Tagovailoa or whoever is really, really good. I've also heard Alabama fans say they don't they don't like him that much. So 
Anyway, but that's not my start group. My start group is still Fowler and Herb Street. I thought it was incredibly good when they did their NFL game at the end of last year. Yeah. And I'm very intrigued by Herb Street working with Al Michaels for Thursday night NFL games. I'm very intrigued by that. So, yeah, I love those two. I think they're great. Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Gary, uh, but I I think more for me I'm, I'd bench them and not cut them just because I feel like Gary commentating an SEC game is just – at this point, whether I like it or not, as much well, it's what's what supposed to happen to, and yeah. it's just supposed to happen that way um but fowler and herb street on saturday night you, you know just one of my favorite things that's why i didn't get mad at auburn penn state being 230 because it's just so ingrained yeah. in my brain if you matter with what's going on in the sec and i know that's not an sec game so sure. i know we're talking a little different but i'm just so used to if Auburn is playing the most important game in the conference that day, sure. it's at 2.30. Yeah. That is prime time for the Southeastern Conference. And maybe it will not be once it goes to Disney here in a couple years right. and leaves CBS. But for the time being, like when you hear that music and you know you've got to wait 20 minutes for kickoff still, <laughs> you just understand that that's the biggest game in the conference yeah. of the day. So the same way Vern got annoying towards the end because he just couldn't say words very well. And the same way that got kind of old, it's like, but this is what's supposed is to happen. There's yeah. just a mutual respect here that they've done it for a long time. This is the crew. This is when it matters a lot. I've never been much of a Gus Johnson fan either. It's too much for me. Yeah, it is a lot. Is yours the same as our three? Probably. Okay. I didn't necessarily want to admit that right out of the sure. gates because I was one more for, for discussion. Yeah. Uh, but and Tom, you're in agreement as well, right? You're you're starting Chris yeah, Fowler yeah. and Kirk Herbstreet, and yeah, there's something just about the way Fowler and Herbstreet call those games. It's just I don't know. It has become iconic, and the thing is, they're not as long running, I guess, uh, as some that have been out there. But I mean, they've just become such an iconic duo when it comes to college football that when they show up in your town, you know you've done something special. So. Uh, yeah, I like them. Uh, Danielson, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of like what you were saying. There's a place for it. I, I don't, I don't dislike Gary Danielson, uh, but uh, yeah, they're just kind of yeah, they're, they're yeah. good. They're they're good, but mm, yeah, you know, Nestler's getting a little old now too. Yeah, if we'll be honest, like yeah. Nestler's starting to have a few more whoops moments, All right? Uh, which is kind of sad because like. Growing up playing all the video games and stuff, early two thousands, mid two thousands, yeah. like that's it's all Brad Nessler, and he's just he's not to Vern Lundquist level at any right. by any means, but he's starting to have a few slippage moments where yep. it's a little sad. And Gus Johnson is just always Gus Johnson. We need him to be on the new video game. What's Tom's? What's your opinion uh, of Gus Johnson? I mean, I, he's okay, but I just I, whenever I whenever I think about like announcers and, and like play by play folks and. Gus Johnson is just not one that comes into my head. Yeah, I don't. He, he is like, a forgot to me. He is very forgotten when it comes to like the pantheon of of current sports broadcasters. Yes, Gus Johnson is up there, but he's not one that I just immediately think of. Like, oh like yeah, I, guy, I love he's Gus so Johnson. Unique that you know I can't him, wait for Gus Johnson to call one of my <laughs> games. I I never think that at and, all. And Joel Klatt's just fine too. It's yeah. not like yeah. he's like the most incredible thing. I, I, I almost would prefer to hear Gus back doing NCAA tournament basketball. Yeah, games. sure. Like Definitely. just freaking out about Loyola Chicago because because yeah. everybody freaks out. Right, that, right. Because yeah. that's when it's more appropriate. Like if the if the fourteen seed is tied with the three seed, yes. like 
with five minutes left in the game, I need to be very excited yes. about that. Not so, when Texas is playing Nebraska at 11.30 in the no, morning and, it, and Texas like, throws another incomplete. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> oh, no, it's just the first quarter. <laughs> first quarter. It's ridiculous. I hear nothing. It, it, it is screaming from the front of the house. It is like, a little Something's crazy. happening. No, no. All right. Uh, we do this every single day. Let's celebrate some of our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, Birthdays in Sports here on June 29th. Tom Peavy, you take it away. All righty then. Turning 41 today is Joe Johnson, current free agent, small forward and shooting guard, drafted 10th overall by the Boston Celtics in the 2001 NBA draft out of Arkansas, a seven-time All-Star NBA All-Rookie second team in 2002, SEC Rookie of the Year in 2000, led the Hawks in scoring assists, steals, three-point field goals made, and minutes in 2005. Happy 41st birthday, Joe Johnson. Iso Joe. No. He was uh, really good with Atlanta for a long time. Uh, He had this one little stretch there where he was still a good role player, but like Brooklyn thought he was going to be way better than he still was, but he was a good good NBA player. Turning 31 today is Kawhi Leonard. How do you pronounce it? Is it is Kawhi Leonard? Oh, Kawhi. Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. I, I had like a complete Kawhi. I had a complete brain thing, and I'm like, <laughs> I know I know how to pronounce his name, and it's not coming to me right now. <laughs> anyway, he turns 31 today. Current small forward for the Los Angeles Clippers, drafted 15th overall by the Indiana Pacers, and later traded to the Spurs out of San Diego State. I did not know he went to San Diego State. Two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, five-time NBA All-Star, NBA All-Star Game MVP in 2020, three-time All-NBA First Team, two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, NBA Stills Leader in 2015, NBA 75th Anniversary Team, and AP Athlete of the Year. Number 15 is retired by the San Diego, San Diego State Aztecs. Happy 31st birthday, Mr. Leonard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he um, obviously missed this entire last year, but uh, if he's healthy all of next year, I don't know. It, the Clippers will be really good. The only thing the Clippers will be fighting is that they are the Los Angeles Clippers, and historically, yeah. but that but that team should be really good next year. Next up, current NBA small forward for the Denver Nuggets, drafted 14th overall to the Nuggets out of Missouri. National High School Player of the Year in 2017, a McDonald's All-American MVP in 2017, and Washington's Mr. Basketball in 2017. Happy 24th birthday. Goodness gracious, I can't read today. Happy 24th birthday, Michael Porter Jr. Another guy injured all of last season. (laughs) Would help the team if he played. Denver was still a good team. They had the MVP, but without him and Jamal Murray, uh, they could have a lot of room to improve next year. Let's see if I can get through this last one without stumbling all over myself. Happy 27th birthday to Auburn's own Carl Lawson, current defensive end for the New York Jets, drafted fourth round to the Cincinnati Bengals out of Auburn. He had 20 tackles and four sacks as a true freshman at Auburn, recorded 17 tackles and one sack in seven games his junior season, first-team All-American in 2016, first-team All-SEC in 2016, Ranked first among rookies in sacks in 2017. Happy 27th birthday, Carl Lawson. And he was so again, good at Auburn. Again, what is with this? Injured all of last year. 
needs to be healthy next year. Not he's not going to make the Jets a great team, but <laughs> no. um, there's a lot to, that needs to happen for the Jets to be a good team. But uh, a lot of injuries with those guys. So hope hope they have a happy and healthy birthday. <laughs> yeah. and next year their lives. Those are the birthdays. That is birthdays in sports. Joe Johnson, Kawhi Leonard, Michael Porter Jr., and Carl Lawson. And happy birthday to anybody else out there listening that is celebrating a birthday today. Absolutely happy birthday to you. Uh, One more thought before we go to break. Um, Was there any – I want to go back to this while we were on it because I know we'll probably never talk about this uh, rest of the show. We talked about the start bench cut. Is there anybody else that you would replace to make that a more – Tough matchup for. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to reach Fowler and Herb Street Rebel, but is there yeah. anybody that could challenge at the bare minimum Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, and then potentially challenge Brad? This Nestle is just this is just college football. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan of the McDonough Blackledge duo. Uh, I really like their take on everything. Obviously, I love Todd's taste of the town when he and it seems yeah. like he's gotten back to that yeah. a little bit. Uh, I think they are a great duo together. Uh, would not hate if they might be the, the SEC guys here in a couple of years. Uh, I don't know if I see that happening. They're both kind of more northern guys, and they might want some southern feel. But I've liked that group a lot. You mean to tell me Beth Moens didn't make the list? <laughs> no, Beth she, and no, she uh, did not. What's not her quite. guy's name? Unless you want her to Rocky. Some, Rocky something was I think her color analyst. Oh, I don't know. Red hair. Yeah, West Coast. People. I don't know. Well, that's their games usually. And then there's – well, speaking of West Coast, there's other uh, – he's got the long uh, – I don't even know how it's, – it's a it's a foreign name, long foreign name. He does he, he does the West Coast. Uh, it's not Yiannopoulos or something like that that does I, West I'm, Coast football out there. Yeah, something's coming to me, but I can't think of what his name is. I'm it, not going to embarrass myself. It's, some, it's something – Opolis, I think. It's one of those, like, Greek names. Is it like uh-huh. Ian? Ian or – or no, I don't know. I'd have to we'll look have him, to up. Find him yeah. up. Yeah, JJ's out of the room for the moment. He's. I hope he's like. I hope he knows the answer and has no way of communicating it to us. <laughs> Something uh, tells me JJ does not. Know yeah, the name probably of a not. West Brooks Coast might Pac-12. know because he's Brooks a big Pac-12 yes. after dark guy. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people in this area will be, be a little more tuned in the Pac-12 with Bo Nix out in Oregon, or maybe not. Maybe no one cares. I don't know. But <laughs> um, I I was thinking the McDonough thing too. Mm-hmm. Um. I've always kind of liked him. I, you know, it's fascinating with guys, and I'm getting into way more Davis Field than I thought I would on this. Uh, how they can be really good in one sport and just okay in another. And like, I didn't love McDonough doing hockey as much as I thought I would. Yeah. I was, I was starchly on the train by the end of the, the Stanley Cup playoffs that I really wanted Kenny Albert to be over at Turner, and who again he took over for Doc Emmerich the last year NBC had it. Uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I really found myself like, you know, Kenny Albert would be better for this. But I love college football, Sean McDonough. Right. And I can still envision him, like, voice cracking yeah. <laughs> as Michigan State blocks the punt <laughs> against Michigan to win. And they score on the last play of the game! <laughs> like, like I don't know. There's something just so frantically great about that. Uh, so I do love McDonough, and I, w- and I would take McDonough and Blackledge over Johnson and Clapp. There's actually Definitely. probably oh, yeah. more combos than I would, uh, than I can even think of <laughs> that would probably take over Johnson Clapp. But those are the big networks. Everybody thinks of those three as the lead right. for ESPN, the lead for CBS, lead of Fox. So, like I said, though, I mean, with Gus Johnson again, you just mentioned McDonough. We've mentioned some others that whenever I think about 
iconic folks that I would like to see call an Auburn football game or call that I would just rather sit down and listen to call a college football game. I, Gus Johnson's just not one that pops yeah. in my head. I, there are numerous other announcers out there that are like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy. That, oh, oh, Gus Johnson calls football? Yeah. I, you know, so, yeah. I, but, hey, you know, he serves his purpose. He's good. He, you know, like I said, it's not a, he's not terrible. I was but, trying to find the name we were talking about, and I couldn't find it, but saw Joe Tessator. He's probably one I'd put Tessator, I like Tess Tessator. Is like, Tess is still the guy that's like, if I need some craziness to happen, if I need like five yeah. and five <laughs> to beat number two yeah. tonight, like that's that's who I want to sign up for that. And it will be interesting uh, as we go to our next break here. It will be interesting to think about what ESPN will do in a couple of years. I kind of think it will be Fowler and Herb Free because the SEC game will probably be the game sure. of the week in college football, probably at least half the time. So I think we will see a lot of Fowler and Herb Street doing the top SEC game here in a few years, assuming Fowler doesn't retire earlier, that sort of thing. Going to take our next time out of Sports Call. More after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's a Sports Call on a Wednesday. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Austin Scott, and Ryan Lavoie is we're getting set for Wacky Wednesday a little bit later in the program. And then we'll be talking uh, more about the upcoming college football season. Did we find the announcer we were looking for? We did. I have no idea how to say this name. But. Petros Papadakis. Yeah, that's oh, a good, that's a isn't good. he a Fox guy? He's, Fox. He's on yeah. Fox now. I was thinking ESPN. Petros Pap- Papadakis or whatever. Yeah, Pap- <laughs> whatever. Papadakis. Pap- Papadakis. Papadakis. Yeah, Petros Papadakis. I can hear him, but I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, he does. He like. famously does like Cal and yeah. you know Oregon Looks like State. He played at USC. Cal so and yeah, Oregon State. You, go. you gonna watch that game this year? Nah, not this year. No, or the next year. <laughs> no, but, hey, maybe we should scout Cal. Auburn plays them soon. <laughs> it's in a, a couple year. Of years. Yeah, I, I think it's twenty twenty three, isn't it? Or is it twenty twenty four? First time they play Cal. After Penn State, I don't know who they're not. Do not. I think it's, it's twenty three. Do not ask follow up questions. Okay, I, no follow up questions in this scenario. I don't want you to say, "Well, it, what time is Auburn playing?" or "What other games are on?" Just answer the question. Yep. Do you want to watch Cal and Oregon State play a football game? Cal and Oregon State? No. 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 Tom. I have no desire. Would no. you want to watch Cal and Oregon State play a football game? No. Love the Beavs or love the love the idea of the Beavs, but no. What about Northwestern uh-huh. playing a football game versus Iowa? Would you want to watch that game? Strangely, yes. Yeah, I think I'd do I do. I kind of like Northwestern. They're not very good most years. You or, would, they're Northwestern off Iowa would move the needle for you. It, yeah, it's it's just this half of the if I it's don't the know. early uh, game. 
It, here, okay. Again, I, yeah, I know. Well, I know. Defend, I know. Just let, let me up. defend the Pac-12 game. Let me defend the Pac-12 game, okay? That as a game quality is not any worse because Iowa is going to be pretty good in generally. Northwestern could be really bad. They could be okay. It's just that I have, by that point in the evening, it's probably a 9 or 9.30 game. I have watched, what, 11, 10 hours of college football? You can't. You, you can build up to the best thing. If the best thing is nine thirty at night, then that's different. You can't end me with one of the worst things. I've been watching the SEC and the Big Ten and the ACC and all these big games all day long. I've gotten my care of UA. I've, I've seen my UAB Blazers uh, and all that. You can't then say, "Let me give you the most average game that you have no rooting interest in." At the very end of the day, I'm worn out. I'm emotionally destroyed. By that point in the day, and I can't. I just like no. I'm done with it by that point. Oregon State hosts Cal on November 12th for those parties right. interested. Look at that. So I so Northwestern I would... at Iowa October 29th. Again, nothing around it. Would you be interested in that game? <laughs> oh, nothing around it. No. I, I mean... don't want you to. I don't want that to be a factor. Like if this is just you get to watch a it. football game. Not knowing what the result is going to be, oh. would you want to watch a Northwestern and Iowa football game? I, and would you want to watch a Cal and Oregon State second, football game? I, second TV. I, I would. I would rather. I would rather watch Northwestern and Iowa than I would the other. But it, it, it that game ultimately really has not a lot of interest to me unless they did something flashy around it. Like if they put it in Wrigley Field, if Northwestern was hosting, and they did it in Wrigley Field. That would be interesting to watch if if Iowa hosts and they That's mow down cool and they mow down a whole bunch of the cornfields like they did with the Field of Dreams <laughs> game go. and put a football field in the middle of a corn uh-huh. fat. I would watch that. Outside of that, when they're just playing each other, if they're playing in Kinnick Stadium or if they're playing uh, under North normal World, circumstances, I, it's yeah. like yeah, I watch it, but I don't care. JJ, uh, give me give us another random matchup, and we'll do start bench cut with the three <laughs> matchups. That's a good. Idea. That's a great idea. I wasn't prepared give us for like, that. Give us like Indiana and Rutgers. Let <laughs> so me, you got to go big. I got to go. To, I got to go to a different conference. Yeah, okay. But well, I want you to talk on Northwestern Iowa. Well, I was trying to, and I got yelled at for giving uh, secondary information. That True. Wasn't Sorry. Which but does matter most of the time. If it's if it's the eleven a.m. game, that's what's starting. And yeah. We have nothing really else on. I'm I'm probably putting it on. You said it's in November or October. October. Late October. So I'm probably putting it on because that sounds like it would be a – it's either that or my 11 a.m. SEC Network game is Vanderbilt, well, South Carolina. if it's Northwestern Iowa and that's the third Saturday in October, that's the preamble to Tennessee getting their face pushed in by yeah. Alabama for the 15th straight so I'm, make, year, I'm so. making my lunch, making my snackage for the rest of the day, and, and yeah, well, then we'll watch Tennessee get destroyed. Uh, and then everyone's favorite game of purple, TCU and Kansas State. That's a perfect game I'm, because, I'm like, I that. genuinely don't have a positive or negative feeling about either one of those programs. They just are there. Did I do okay they with these matchups? There. Yeah, that's you pretty You started even. it with Cal Oregon State, and even. I was like, let me think about See, that's a Pac-12, a Big Ten, and a Big 12. And you know what? That game could be at God knows when. That could be 11 a.m. Yeah. That could be 6 p.m. That really that really. It is could on be. October 22nd. And that's this the, year the game the is being played at TCU. Oh, okay. Alabama demolishes Tennessee that day. Anyway, this that, that was just meant October to be October first is a Saturday. Then you've got October eighth would oh, be so the second the one, and October fifteenth. Oh my god, would be the third. So Five, just just go to the Bama schedule. Are they playing them on the fifteenth or twenty second? Well, let me. That'd be five Saturdays in October. 
hope everyone's ready. That's amazing. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm again, do you understand what I'm saying? Like I do. If it's my, if the, if the nothing burger game precedes the games I care about that day, let, let's warm up with that game. Sure. But I don't really need a cool down after the teams play. You know, like the cool down needs to be like another significant national game, not like, hey, who makes a bowl game here? (laughs) You know, so. Like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, this guy doesn't watch college football outside the SEC. I absolutely do. But, again, it has to be under the right – like, it needs to be during or before the games I'm interested in. Because we all know how emotionally emotionally destroying Auburn football can be or just (laughs) any of your football teams. If you don't care about Auburn, you're someone else out there, then you just know that win or lose, that game is just – a lot, and I have three teams that I care immensely about. I'm spent by nine or nine thirty, so it needs to be a good game at that point in the evening. They will hold true Alabama and Tennessee this year on October fifteenth. Okay, keeping so it on third Saturday. It Kansas should be. State, it's called the third Saturday in October. Kansas State and TCU is not conflicted by that game. What's your start bench cut? Big twelve, Big Ten, or Pac twelve? Uh, of the games, not the yeah. I was about to say conference would be different. Um. Well, is it big? Is Big Ten what? Big no, Ten? it's the no, games. No, 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 the games start bench cut. Right, Cal, right. Oregon State, Northwestern, Iowa, Kansas State, TCU. Okay, I missed the Kansas State TCU part of the conversation. The I was busy over here. Re- I'm busy over here researching. So <laughs> sorry. Gosh, that's tough. Uh, I'm starting the. Do you the like the color game. purple? <laughs> that's essentially what you're asking me. Three, <laughs> yeah. of, three of these six. It's going to be a lot purple. on your screen. One of them, in theory, would both have purple on. One True. of the games, um, I, I, if I this might be enough. So I think I'd still. I think I'd start Northwestern Iowa. Wow, I'm gonna. You know what? I like the Beavs enough. They're benched. <laughs> wow, Beavs are benched. Kansas State TCU inexplicably. Wow, I just, wow. just that TCU's been downhill. Quote. I, I like don't the know. Beavs enough. I just. <laughs> I don't know. I. I just. I can't. I would be tipped. I don't know. If you're taking these games in a vacuum and not saying what time they are, because I would take Oregon State. If you're saying Oregon State's at 9.30 and Kansas State and TCU are at 11 or 2.30 or something, I probably would lean Kansas State TCU. Is that fair? If they're at the exact same time, though, I'm taking Oregon State. Well, you rattled him. Yeah, I did. You got him. I'm doing TCU-Kansas State start. I'm, I would start that game I'm as well. Give me the purple. Northwestern Iowa, and I'm not watching that Cal State or whatever it was. Cal <laughs> State Fullerton. <laughs> I'm, I'm not watching Cal Oregon State. What about what are the re- what's the reasoning? Uh, I, I'm what's def- the reasoning? I I like watching the Big Twelve usually, and then the Big Ten, that Northwestern Iowa but Big those Ten are like game. The least interesting teams well, in the Big Twelve. They just are what they are. New, like new I'd team. rather watch Kansas. <laughs> we got the like, little apple. <laughs> I want to see if Kansas is going to be the worst Power 5 team in the country or if they're going to almost beat somebody they have no business beating. That seems like the most com- – well, the Northwestern Iowa game ha- could rival it. But I feel like those those two, the Big Ten game and the Big 12 we game – We did a good job putting this be, together. Could be competitive enough. Maybe Cal-Oregon State's competitive too, but I don't care in the slightest if it is or not. And so I'm watching the Big 12 game, benching the Big Ten game, Cutting that Pac-12 game. All right. <laughs> Ryan's got his beaver face right now. <laughs> Go Beavs! But Beavs! <laughs> so I, Brooks I, would take a Pac-12 <laughs> game. Yeah, Brooks is would. watching all three religiously. Uh, I, so I'm going to start the, the Iowa game because inevitably they're going to show them waving to the kids in the hospital. 
Look so, at that. Pull the That's heart strong over here. Yeah. So, Great reason. You got to watch that one. Uh, then the other two it pretty much flip a coin, and it's like that's how much I care or don't care about either of the other two. Uh, the Iowa Iowa would be like way up here, the other two. But if I just had to choose, I would watch the uh, Kansas State TCU and uh, – or I'm sorry, I would bench that one. And well, What's the – it's yeah, start, start bench cut. cut. Start bench yeah. cut. I, I would bench the uh, TCU-Kansas State. I'd cut the Pac-12. I, just, I don't care about Pac-12 games. No. I would start unless it's Southern Cal against UCLA. That I tend to like that one. That's yeah. just kind of a cool. Will you watch rivalry. Oregon this year? Well, I watch what Oregon this year? Or uh, I mean, if it's on in front of me, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to go out of my because way of, to watch of, it. I'm just saying if Bo Nix oh, moves Bo the Nicks. needle at all, uh, maybe early on just to see how it. Bigger looks. games. Uh, well, well, also if he's starting because I mean I don't know that there's any signs or anything that he's going to be their definitive starter. I don't think they've announced. I think he's leading. Though. Okay. He's, he's leading the race. race. Yeah. Good for him. I But, I mean, he's no longer an Auburn Tiger. I, think I, may, they, I may watch it just out of pure curiosity, but, I mean. They have a freshman they really like. Ty Thompson. Yeah. Um, and what I would do with Oregon is simple. I'm starting Bo week one because they play Georgia, and he's he's either going to understand how to beat Georgia or Georgia's going to make him look bad, and then I can start the freshman. <laughs> so I'm starting Bo either way, whether I believe – he truly earned the job or not week one. What do you think I'm going to say for this start bench cut? You're, you don't respect Oregon State. They're getting cut. Um, <laughs> I, I – and just the lack of respect for, for Beavers in here, uh, for Oregon State's Beavers. Look, we can't, we can't dislike them. They lost to Auburn in baseball. Um, they did their job there. So, I think you're going to go with Iowa – Start and then Kansas State TCU bench and then cut Calton Oregon State. Oh for three. Oh, oh whoa! <laughs> yeah. What up, best friend? Uh, so I'm Cowan, going to Oregon uh, State is making the top two. Yeah, I'm gonna bench that matchup. Okay. Okay. I want Kansas State TCU. I want the purple. Okay. And then no Big Ten. Cal Oregon State. I I just I, are I, you worried that Iowa Northwestern will be ten to six? Like. <laughs> is that the reasoning? And I just I think the games are boring in the Big yes, Ten. Yes, he yeah. is worried. And I know that it, I get a little bit more offense, and it just looks more athletic when I'm watching Pac-12. What, I feel what like. day was that? Do you want to be very concerned what I'm about to talk about? Talking about the Oregon State, what day it is? No, what day is uh, Iowa okay. Northwestern? So Oregon State actually is I, – I watched them before. Uh, they October actually, 29th. Snow is iffy. Yeah, they run they run the football a lot. Oregon State does. They're not guaranteed to be as high scoring game as you think. They had Jamar Jefferson as a running back, and they gave it to him like twenty five times a game. This past year, it was year? like a pro style team. Yeah, I don't know if Jefferson's back though. Admittedly, I don't know. But and they, Jaquiz they Rogers ran the ball. Is not back, right? No, Jaquiz Rogers is not in his fifteenth year at Oregon State. <laughs> Let me ask you something. You think the uh, the sports talk show in Corvallis or in Berkeley or what do we call it? Sports call Oregon State? Yes, exactly. Sports call Beavers. Sports call Cal Berkeley or sports call North Northwestern or sports call Iowa, Kansas State, TC. You think any of them are talking about Auburn right now? And, no. And no. asking if they'd watch an Auburn. Uh, they should. The Auburn's That'd probably an about the team they'd be asking about. They'd probably more so be like Kentucky versus Arkansas or something. But, but on the greater, do you think any of them are talking about the most mid-level college football games at all and asking if they're watching it? On 
June 29th in the 2022nd no year of our No, they're probably still I, lamenting their baseball team. No losing. way they're no way they care. Yeah. No, they don't. That's a great that was a great discussion. Yeah, good job. Let's do that again sometime. What do you say? Let's do that with Brooks Childress cuz Brooks is going to find a way to watch all three of them. But he's, he's not allowed to. And he's not allowed to. But he'll, he'll fight for it. Yeah. And he'll he have will. a hat or a t-shirt from all of them <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> and just make it work. All right. The first hour of our show is concluded. Austin, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for having me. Uh, Tom, good to see you. We'll see you in the second hour. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're making this out like the show's going off there. It's like, yeah, Austin yeah, JJ, does I'll, have to I'll bid farewell, here. but uh, the rest I'll of us will be still be here. See you in a little bit, Ryan. We'll see. All right. One hour in the books, <laughs> and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy. Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoie. We do have Brooks Childress here with us. Give me the righty. The studio, Put uh, the righty replacing in. Replacing Austin Scott. We could honestly just like go hour by hour. So you take wow. this middle hour for us, okay? <laughs> <I guess so. laughs> you take this middle wow. hour of the program with us, and then uh, and we'll go from there. Start bench cut. You're going to join in on our conversation. Are right. you ready? Yeah. Okay. Excited. Start bench cut. Uh-huh. Games. We've got. Oregon State, Cal. Okay. Iowa Northwestern uh-huh. and Kansas State TCU. Okay, and I'm sitting at home watching these. You're it's sitting not at in home stadium. watching these games. I'll be fair, and I will give you the venues okay. this year for the matchups. All right. Um, let me see. Oregon State will be hosting Cal. All right, Riser Stadium, good good venue. And a lot of get, get you get the chainsaw, you get the the turnover chainsaw. If you're Northwestern will be on the road. Okay. So, I mean, Iowa. So yeah, that's good because Tom said earlier that the reason he picked that game was the, the fans waving at the yeah. Children's Hospital. So that's that a good one. That would have been hard to do that from Evanston. And Kansas Illinois. State will host TCU. Mm, Bill Snyder Memorial Stadium or fam- Bill Snyder Family Memorial Stadium. Huh. I I would have to say. Because I'm just a sucker for pain, I I would watch the 17 to 10 Iowa Northwestern game. Yeah, that's that's what, that's I, what I would first, start. Yeah. That's what I would start. Bench. I'm always a sucker for the Pac-12 after dark, but you see, I f- this may be going way too deep on this, but I feel that would feel like like a, a eight nine o'clock Pac-12 network game, 
and I wouldn't be able to watch it anyway. But also, the Kansas State-TCU game just doesn't intrigue me. The, neither it's like those, an FS2 game. Neither of those other two games, like the, the Iowa game at least intrigues me because I like Kirk Ferentz, and I like I, – I, part, of, part of my sick college football mind likes watching – lining up 11 guys on the line and then running the ball straight up the middle over and over we and know over. There's 50, we <laughs> know there's a lot of space outside the numbers and stuff, but let's just stay within the hash marks. Let's just keep it there. Um. I would, I guess, bench would be. Uh, you see, I would, I would go if if Gary Patterson was still there. I liked watching Gary Patterson coach. So if he was still at TCU, I would go there. But I think I'm going to have to go with the two coaches that I like better, which is Justin Wilcox and uh, Jonathan Smith at Cal and uh, Oregon State. So I'd, I'd bench Oregon State, Cal, and then I'd cut TCU, Kansas State. That's what I went with because. Okay, here, here here's why I kind of irrationally like Oregon State. I'm not like like oh my gosh, they're nine three. I feel so much better about college football this year because of that. <laughs> but just like hey, of all the very pedestrian Power Five schools, I want them to not be pedestrian. Yeah. Um, but my issue with that game is, and I know you don't have this issue, so this is just a, it's not you, it's me. Um, is that by that point in the day, I feel like that game's got to matter, yeah. Or else I'm getting burnout, sure. and it's not like a, it's not like a, oh my gosh, too much college football is a bad thing. Of course not, but it's just like if I've been emotionally invested in the three teams I root for each week, plus some top twenty-five games that matter, yeah. And I've done this over the course of ten or eleven hours. And you've probably got a better Pac-12 game at the same time, yeah, too. I, I've got to have a reason to watch at that at that point in the day. But these other games, especially the Big Ten game, well, that's going to be like 11 a.m. Yeah. That's warming me up for the games that will either destroy or make my weekend. And so that's my reason there. And the, the, the TCU-Kansas State game is just such a wild card because Big 12 games can happen at 11 and yeah. noon. Big noon kickoff. But they can also happen kind of like 7 or 8 o'clock on FS1 and, or FS2 as well. And I'll tell you, the, the TCU-Kansas State, just thinking about football scheduling, has like a 3 o'clock, like you said, FS2, at 3 o'clock FS1, FS2 vibe, which is right in the middle of the SEC right. uh, slate. Yeah, so I'm definitely putting on the, the SEC game at 2.30 or 2.40. And I JJ just came up with those three matchups um, out of the blue, and they ended up being like very even. Like yeah. all those games, like yeah. I was a better program than Northwestern, but just saying in terms of interest, those are all pretty even. At least the Iowa Northwestern game, both of those teams are typically top twenty-five caliber teams, except for the like you'll Northwestern have has random it, four and eight. I'm gonna yeah. say you'll have you'll have Northwestern go eight and four, nine and four, ten and two, four and eight, yeah. and then they'll climb back up, and then they'll he, go da- back fit, down. Fitz, Fitzgerald's very. Yeah. He's got he's got a four year, it's a four year plan. Yeah. The, the, when they're all freshmen, they suck. When he has a year to work on, they're a bowl team. When he has another year, they're nipping on the heels of top twenty five. And then that fourth year, it's like that. In the fourth year, that game might factor into the who's in the Big Ten championship game because yeah. they've been in a Big Ten championship game. So like that that actually could be significant. It feels like TCU since they joined the Big Twelve, other than the first couple of years with Trayvon Boykin. They, I mean, they've been seven and five forever, yeah. and then so's Kansas State. Other than you know, Optimus Klein, whatever campaign that was for his Heisman candidacy. 
other than that, they've been perennially between five and seven, eight and four. So I would start, just to recap, I would start Iowa Northwestern, bench Cal, Oregon State, and then cut TCU, Kansas State. Also, I'm I, with them. Underrated uh, aspect. I like when you two agree on things. We're brothers. Underrated, <laughs> underrated aspect is that the Kansas State TCU game, both fan bases are purple. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, three three of the six he brought up was purple. I'm like, there's only like five purple teams out there, isn't <laughs> yeah. there? You know, it's like, you just want to throw LSU in there? Yeah. You sure? <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, he, uh, but again, these were all even matchups. Do you have anything for, else for us, Houdini? You I, have I'm a- putting together one more. Okay, yeah. good. One more. Good. I don't want it to get That's overblown. Um, let me ask you this next question then that we've been debating today. All right. Start bench cut. Okay. Commentating crews. Okay. Ryan, oh, yeah. walk him through our yeah. selections is this, here. Is this college football? Yeah, college yeah. football. And right. and then I'll give give you the second question I asked after this. But the the origin question was start bench cut. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit, okay. Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, mm. and Gary Danielson, Brad Nessler. Hmm. I'm, I mean, start is obvious. Uh, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, there's that. there's yeah. no other starter. Um. I'm gonna say. You know, I Gus Johnson is fine, uh-huh. but just the the atrocity that is Fox <laughs> continuously gracious. sending them to Ohio State versus Boondock University because it's an 11 a.m. kickoff and we're like, big noon Saturday. And it's like, no, Ohio State's going to kill this team. You could have gone to Oklahoma and so and uh, Oklahoma and Texas at 11 a.m. But you decided, oh, Ohio State and Northwestern's going to be a good one where the Ohio State's going to put up 70 on this defense. <laughs> um, Joel Klatt is fine. Yeah. But the, the thing that, is, that has soured me with Joel Klatt, and it, it has nothing to do with his commentary on football games, is that he goes on the Fox Sports shows and is a hot take machine just like two-thirds really? of Fox Sports hosts. Really? And so I'm, I know a lot of people, in the, especially in the SEC footprint, don't like Gary Danielson. I'm fine with yep. him. I'm not yep. going to sit there and I'm we're brothers, sit, man. I'm telling you, I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh, he's the best color guy." Because there's a lot of times where I'm like, "All right, Gary, just let's just move on." He like, harps on something he, he probably shouldn't be harping he on. He does do that. You don't have to talk about Tim Tebow in every single broadcast. <laughs> um, but I, Brad Nessler, is a very, very underrated college football broadcaster. Oh, I love Nessler. Um, I've I joked with Grace when we were putting together when we first got engaged that I wanted our uh, um, videographer to have a drone so he could do like a sweeping shot over the barn down onto the the wedding where we were gonna get where we we're gonna get married and see the crowd and I was gonna try to bribe Brad Nessler at SEC Media Days to say <laughs> uh, to come through and do his SEC on CBS intro but tailor it to the wedding and see if i could get that going but i, I don't think she went for it um, was, so bench brad nessler yeah. and gary danielson cut gus johnson joel Clatt. we agreed on it. I, that was a unanimous we, we all had yeah. differences on the games but that was a unanimous selection in here amongst the commentary but com- commend gus johnson for making a third and five quarterback draw up the middle sound like it's about to be the best play you've ever seen right it's certainly unique, but there comes a point where it's just too much. And I feel like, I told them, I feel like it would be better for college basketball, like the NCAA yeah. tournament. If yeah. you, you can hype up the 14 seed being tied with five minutes to go, you know, or something like that. But 
like in the first quarter of a game between two competent programs like i like but not but not like a not like the big 10 championship game i'm saying like you know like eight and four teams and he just first quarter a little fade route just gets him hot and bothered over there i I, like i don't i don't need that there was a can i get one quick comedic pause for a moment my mother wants to pass along a message. I think she passed along the same message yeah, to me. Just to remind you that it's your wedding as much oh, as it is Grace's wedding. She passed along a different message to me. I'll share that during she the wants break. Me, it's your wedding just as much yeah, as it is I, Grace's wedding. I agree. Wedding. Thank you. Thank you, Mother Jackson. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I want the shot. I'm, I'm, I need to get get the number from the videographer from Grace and be like, hey, like text him and say, hey, can you do this? <laughs> and then I'll, I'll see if I can bribe Brad Nessler at SEC Media Days this year. Um, the, the thing that comes to my mind when I think about Gus Johnson is it was a Red River rivalry, a Red River shootout a few years back, and Texas won on a last-second field goal. And it was uh, – I don't remember the kid's first name, but it was – the kicker's name was Dicker. Yeah. And it, he, he had kicked a couple field goals in there. He's like, Dicker, the kicker <laughs> is the hero. And is that every time I think about Gus Johnson, a call, that's the one I go to. You go to Dicker the Kicker. Yep. All right. Uh, you guys ready for this next one? Yes. Start bench cut. New one. I went up uh, Brooks's alley a little bit. Yes. Oh, no. Do it. Do it. And Tell me. I, I really, Tell me. I'm having to think very hard on what my opinion on the topic would even be in the first place. Good. Like yes. I'm that disinterested, but oh. yet, oh wow, Not but as yet, good. in a way, I'm engaged. Uh, all right, here we go. Right. East Carolina at South Florida. Oh, that's mm. gonna be strong. That's a mm. that's Toledo. Special. No, at mm. Buffalo. No, is that a Tuesday night game? <laughs> FIU at North Texas. Oh, mm. this is so easy. All of these mm. games are Saturdays. ECU at South Florida, October 1st. Toledo at Buffalo, October 22nd. FIU at North Texas, November 5th. But again, this is the viewing experience. Date so doesn't really so matter. Easy. Start. But they're all bench Saturday games. Cuts. They're all Man. Saturday games. What so, date was that? Octo- was that? Uh, was it October 1st for East Carolina and South Florida? Yes, sir. October <laughs> 1st. I was about. If you would. <laughs> so easy. I was about to say yeah. if. If you had said that the the Mac game was a Tuesday night game, that would have been start automatically. Would have gotten it right away. Yep. Then. Oh man, Tom, you got one. Start bench I, cut. ECU I, at South Florida, Toledo at Buffalo, FIU at North Texas. Uh, I, I'm definitely starting the South Florida game. I, just yeah, that one to me has more interest. Uh, I, I like. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like South Florida. Yeah, but uh. And I remember when they came here and beat Auburn. <laughs> so maybe he doesn't like South Florida. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt Grothy. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's see. I think. And you've got the Mac in Conference USA, basically. Yeah. What was the other? There was Toledo a... at Buffalo and then FIU at North Texas. Oh, man. And you instantly what? said this was easy for you. Oh, yeah. Do you, I'm, I'm just, you just tell me. You're go. just ready to go, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Maybe I, I'm, make you wait I'm a just gonna bit. I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna start the South Florida game. Uh man, I think I'm I think I'm gonna bench that Buffalo game and 
cut, cut the, the okay cut FIU the other North Texas. FIU North no Texas. No law for the Conference that, USA for. Tom. I mean, is well, I mean, is there absolutely any reason whatsoever to ever watch FIU versus North Texas? I don't know that there's ever a reason to watch any of these games, but wow. it's a fun thought exercise. Yeah, hurtful. But, it's a fun thought exercise. But that one, that one just seems. <clears throat> uh, I mean. Ugh. FIU football is objectively disgusting. Like yeah, North, North Texas has been going to bowl games here the last few we years. We do but. also officially have the Woj bomb that the Hawks are trading Danilo Gallinari at multiple first-round picks for all-star guard DeJounte Murray. Whoa, so DeJounte wow. Murray is heading to the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> offseason stuff. But you've got this. You're ready to rock and yeah, roll. Got ECU and USF, Toledo and Buffalo, FIU and North Texas. Yeah, so number one by an infinite margin is uh, South Florida <laughs> and East Carolina. Yeah. Uh, a, I kind of like East Carolina, um, old Conference USA team. Actually, South Florida was in Conference USA too. Uh, but the other big thing is that um, South Florida, you know where they play, Brooks? Yeah, I do know where they play. Raymond James Stadium. That's right. You know what happens the day after that? Is it a Bucks game? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Kansas City Chiefs at Raymond James. Oh, Stadium. a huge that's a game. Big game! So, like that's we're gonna go from the yeah. East Carolina Pirates yeah. to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So, um, obviously, that's number one. Number two, because of the Conference USA ties, see them a lot. FIU in North Texas, uh, and then number three would be the Toledo Buffalo game. I don't hate Buffalo. Like Buffalo yeah. is mildly interesting to me. Toledo doesn't really do anything for me, but yeah. Pretty, what do you got, Brooks? I knew All that right. instantly. So, I, I'm not going to say any of these are by far and away better than the others because I enjoy small conference football as much as well. My I do. I guess I would say the next guy, but no one. I don't think anybody in here enjoys small conference football as much as I do. Uh, like I said, if that Toledo Buffalo game was a Tuesday or Wednesday night Maction game, I'd be all in. That would be my start. But if they're all three on Saturday. How can you how can you pass up one? East Carolina's got great uniforms, great colors. Yeah. Two, they're the Pirates going to play in a stadium with a pirate ship. So that's an incredible argument. That's great. I, that's really good. I, but I I also part of the reason that I like South Florida and would watch them is because of their color scheme. I love I love the green and gold. I love the fact that they are all uh, in like uh, the shut helmets instead of I yeah. Mean, they, there's just something about that uniform. It's not one of the like best. They're, 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 they always goodness gracious. I can't talk, read. I can't. I'm having. I'm struggling today. I like their uniform. I like that color combination. You mix the gold and yellow again, the purple and gold. Man, that's a that's a good looking matchup. That's an uh, what is it? An a, uh, obnoxious color scheme. Sure. Up against each other. I plus South Florida always seems to have a pretty good quarterback too that can make. That's a big good playmaker. So start EC, uh, ECU and USF. Like I said, objectively, FIU football is disgusting. Like I just, I can't, I can't in good conscience sit there and watch a full FIU football game. North Texas was good. They had a good quarterback a couple years ago. I don't, I keep forgetting his name, but um, he had some draft buzz for a little bit, but then he fell off. What was his name? The the North Texas quarterback. He wasn't. It wasn't too long ago. If Blaine was listening, he's not probably because he doesn't like me, but. Um, he would know. That's your brother, for those yeah. unaware. Um, All I remember is the coach of Seth Luttrell, I, or was Seth Luttrell. I don't I think. Well, I don't think he's there anymore. Mason made, Fine. It was Mason Seth Fine. Mason That's Fine. who it was. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, he was. You see, the thing about it 
is also the Mac game could get pretty boring pretty quickly. And it's just something about Tuesday, Wednesday night Maction is a little bit better. Um, Lewis, I think, no, Lewis is the Kent State coach. No, he's a Toledo coach. Um, is a, is is good. Seth, Lew- I think it's Seth Lewis or Sean Lewis, one of the two. Or maybe he's the Kent State coach. I don't remember. For what school? Toledo. I think Lewis may be the the, Penn, the Kent State coach. Jason Candle is the head coach. Okay, so never mind. All right, <laughs> that, Toledo. That's that's there's my decisions made. Uh, bench North Texas FIU because I I like the North Texas colors a little bit more, and then uh, cut Toledo and Buffalo. Fun stuff. Start bench cut all these crazy college football games. Well. We need to take a commercial break. On the other side of this break, our show will continue. You're listening to Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy. Austin Scott with us for hour number one. Van Cathcart going to make his Sports Call debut in hour number three of the program today. So that's going to be a, a whole lot of fun. We're playing musical chairs here inside the studio with one of our seats. Uh, we've seen a lot of big news come across. We just mentioned the DeJounte Murray uh, trade through heading to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, we saw the, or we've got an update regarding the Freddie Freeman contract situation that we'll get to in just one moment. But the most important noteworthy news that we've seen within the last hour is this. It comes from Bob Pockris. NASCAR no longer making the wiper blade optional during a road course race. The wiper blade must be on the car at all times. Previously, just the wiper blade motor mechanism had to be installed so the blade could be added if needed. Moving forward on road courses, NASCAR requiring a wiper blade on all cars. Yeah, that's the most important thing that's happened. <laughs> you told me you were about to <laughs> do something goofy. Should we have a 30-minute discussion on the, fa- on the factors of it? <laughs> yeah. Pro. Are you okay with that move, JJ? <laughs> Do you are even you, know what that means? Are you pro or against wiper blades? Do they have wiper blades on like a so, normal course? I no, no. and okay. that's why I, I thought I would need to educate you. Um, they only do that in road courses because on normal ovals, NASCAR does not run when it's wet. The tires are way too slick; they would go straight into the wall. <laughs> they would not make the corner at any sort of speed. But on road courses, they have the option to put on a special set of tires. They put on rain tires that grip the track much harder. And so you can still run, albeit a little slower, you can run on a road course on those rain tires. So when that happens, you're supposed to have a wiper blade 
uh, to obviously help you see a little bit. Um, and so that used to be option, uh, you know, an option and, and not mandatory because they hadn't run much in the rain and um, it wasn't necessarily thought through <laughs> on if it was a safety issue or not. But now they've determined that uh, it is a safety issue. If we're going to run in the rain ever, you need to have it on, period. Did you see that news? I did, a little actually. Bit okay. I did. That's why I was prepared to talk about it. Right. But I not, wanted to be a little goofy. And not on live on radio. Right. I was prepared to talk about it just as a conversation with you at some point. But right. But yes. here we are on there radio talking about it. Perfect. Yep. Wiper blades. Uh, all right. Big news, though, coming from uh, the Freddie Freeman situation here. Doug Gottlieb with Fox Sports said moments ago on Twitter talking about Freddie Freeman Casey Close never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer. That is why Freeman fired him. He found out in Atlanta this weekend. It isn't that rare to have happened in the MLB, but it happened. Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal. Pretty wild that this is uh, all coming out right now. Yeah, well, and, and you had to know something was up when, when Freddie, uh, it was announced yesterday that Freddie Freeman was separating from uh, Excel. Is that a... Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the agency. The yes. agency. Um, Hell and, and, and and that had you knew there was something going on that he didn't just have this emotional epiphany in Atlanta that something went awry and now I got to fire the guy. There had to have been something there, and now it's coming out that that uh, a deal was in place that Freeman would have taken to stay in Atlanta, and he was never told about that deal. Uh, I, that is makes me so mad. That that is sickening. That is absolutely sickening that that an agent would do that to a player. And that, but that also explains some of the stuff of uh, uh, we talked about it before. You know, well, Freddie Freeman still got to be in control. Any any player out there has the ultimate decision, and 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 to override that. But if you're not told of a deal, then yeah. you can't make that decision. Yeah. So that's man, that is that that's crooked and and heartbreaking. Now the other thing is that what it will be interesting to see. Obviously, Freddie Freeman's under contract with the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know if there's any way to do lawsuits. I, see, I don't know how that works. If if that can make potentially make that contract null and void because of the crookedness that went on there, and then something happens where Freeman goes back to Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know how all that works, but it's it's. And this happened odd. to one of the best people in the game. It, it, it really you know, is. good guy. Like that, like that, freaking sucks. I'm sorry, and uh, I, I know Dansby said yesterday, uh, or maybe two days ago, that I think it was yesterday that he wasn't gonna uh, fire the agency. He was gonna keep the agency. I hope every, I hope every player in Major League Baseball fires that agency and that agent. I hope every single, I hope they cease to exist business in in a, in a year because that that is not how you treat people. That is not honest. You're acting on your own self-interest. I want Freddie Freeman to play in Los Angeles. Not It doesn't matter where Freddie Freeman wants to play. I want him to play in Los Angeles. I know what's best for Freddie Freeman. That's not what you're hired to do. And so that is very, very um, maddening. And, you know, that's... It kind of gives some validity to what Kershaw was saying the other day. We just kind of hope we're not second fiddle here because they're starting to put the pieces together and truly see Freddie didn't want to be there. Right. It, it, even though – and I feel like such a moron because all all winter 
I was operating on the assumption that it truly was pulling at Freddie, go home to Los Angeles or forever be a Brave. In reality, that was not ever his decision. He always wanted to be a Brave, and I feel stupid for doubting that. But that's just kind of what the the thing sounded like because it sounded like the Braves had offered something very similar to the Dodgers, just one last year. Um, and so that's just it, – it makes me mad. I wish there was some world where you could trade the prospects and whatever and bring him over. Uh, hell, I would trade Olsen straight up. I don't give a damn, to be quite honest with you, what it means. I'm going to speak without rationality of general managing for a moment. I don't give a damn because um, that's very frustrating that the next Chipper Jones, the next Dale Murphy of the Atlanta Braves was made not to be because of a freaking agent not doing his job. That's infuriating. It's just awful. Silly. It's hard to believe that this has happened, but again, the reporting coming out, we'll see how uh, both parties move forward from here. The Braves' perspective, they got to keep on and, and trying to track down the Mets, and you got to move forward without Freddie Freeman being a part of Atlanta. Again, they did acquire an all-star caliber first baseman in Matt Olson, who is an Atlanta area native, immediately inked an eight-year long-term deal with the Atlanta Braves, but now Freddie Freeman returning to his uh, home state of California, playing for the Dodgers, uh, but after a trip back to play against the Atlanta Braves, it appears that uh, we're learning more and more about this contract scenario that took place Oof. for Freeman. It's crazy. No. It's crazy. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, this is, of course, on the heels of Olsen hitting two home runs last night. And yeah. Right. I just think what it's like – I mean, I like – how is Freddie Freeman able to play baseball well at the moment? Like, like, like this is your life changed because of this. Right. You know, you you live everything. Like, like, granted, it's not some. He's not in a slum. It's Los Angeles. He has a lot of money. He's from the area. It's not like this horrendous situation, but it's not what he wanted. You know, and, and like, how do you go out there every day? Yeah. And be like, I'm wearing a uniform I shouldn't be wearing. I'm doing this job for someone I shouldn't be doing it for. Right. And then and then you go back home, which is home for the past twelve years. You see all your friends. You see you you see folks that have become a part of your family for twelve years. And whether that be the media, obviously the other players, the people in the clubhouse, the the people behind the scenes with the Braves, fans that you had probably come close to, and then of course you've got his family that are there. And they're seeing people that they had become friends with and the kids had become friends with. And, I mean, just that's home. He may be from Los Angeles, but Atlanta was home, and it had been home for a very long time. And so I agree. Now you're way across the country, somewhere that you don't really want to be, and now you find out that there was a deal that would have kept you where you wanted to be and you weren't told about it. He's boys with Travis Starnot. I'd be be suing the mess out of somebody. Big fan of AJ. I mean, like these are guys that you've played with for years and years and years, and uh, you've got all the emotions this past weekend. Remember when people tried to say that he and Acuna hate each other and they hugged on first base this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just... It's very, it's very unfortunate, and you just don't hear of something mean, like this. Is not like borderline unheard of that the agent just didn't give the guy his, the offer that they gave him. Yeah, you know, like like it makes you wonder why the hell do I have an agent? You know, like that. That's just like, you, no. I mean, you know, I I want to know. What I just th- wish I know more <clears throat> of 
obviously we're, we're, we're hearing this, but how does that happen? Right? Meaning, because when Freddie Freeman freely talks, he mentions a relationship with Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah. Is it, I mean, you know, like, I would I suppose just, it's I just. I feel like on the record, professionally, I understand um, a GM is going to talk right. to an agent yeah. about an offer. But you work for the same organization. Freddie Freeman and Alex Anthopoulos are employed by the same organization. They're both employed by the Atlanta Braves. They both see each other day to day. They both talk to one another. And right, that right. never came <clears throat> up. And, and see, that's that's the thing that is weird to me, is that whatever whatever the deal was before the one that Freddie was not told about, whatever that deal was, that at some point Freddie Freeman didn't go to Anthopolis and go, man, is this the best you can do? And then he would go, wait, no, we've already offered this. You know, was that that's what I'm wondering? Was there never a, a conversation between those two where yeah, Freeman yeah. is like? Is, can you not do any better than this? I, I really want to be here. Is this the best you can do? If there was another offer on the table, then maybe Freddie would have known about it. But unless he just was like, I'm letting the agent handle this and I'll do what the he, agent needs. Because he, he had tremendous faith in this agency because they got him such a quality deal uh, several years ago when he signed his extension coming out of arbitration uh, and got a $100 million plus deal for I think it was seven or eight years. Um, and, and I guess he just had immense faith in him. But you're right, Tom, because it's just like if I if there was a some unbelievably uh, happy reality or alternate reality where I'm a professional athlete, right? It's like I do need to hire an agent because I need them to handle the legalese, making sure my contract's guaranteed, yada yada yada, and just all the legal stuff. But I like in my mind. I'm talking to GM. I feel comfortable talking. Like, We're hey, employed by the I'm same looking organization. For, I'm looking for five for 100, or I'm looking for three for 60, or whatever. If you can't do that, let's let's you and I work it out while this guy's just on the side drinking water waiting <laughs> waiting for the papers <laughs> to be faxed. You know, like, like it is – I'm just not familiar if that – what the normal process is, and that's why it's – Again, maddening. Like, I just don't understand how it happens. Two things. Let's go back in time and change that this ever happened. Yes. And let Freddie Freeman stay with the Atlanta Braves. Yes. And then secondly, let's go back in time and do whatever we have to do to become professional athletes. Yes. So that we have an agent, so that we know what the proper process for this is. Right. That's what we'll do if we get a time machine. Deal? Deal. All right. Perfect. All right, let's go to our next commercial break here on Sports Call. 334-887-3401. I got another good uh what was it? start cut or start bench and cut? Yes. I got I got a good one for Let's table that and we've got phone calls coming back right after this on the program Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress. 334-887-3401. 
or toll free at one 9 to be a part of the program as we'll go now to our Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us here on the program is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve has called in. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon, everyone. Let's see, Mr. JJ, Mr. Tom Peavy, Mr. Lallaboy, who else is there? Brooks Childress. Brooks Childress. Okay, guys, the usual suspects. So I uh, listened to the podcast just, uh, this past evening and heard... Uh, uh, the uh, Afghan sportsman is a uh, is Stephen Lassen. Is that his name? That's correct. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I got. I want to point out some things to you that his comments yesterday was a bit more encouraging than what I read from his actual article from Afghan Sports. I looked it up on uh, on the website uh-huh. uh, for Afghan Sports, and uh, he said yesterday, if I remember, recall correctly, that uh, he he could see where Auburn could be. Uh, third in the West. Didn't, didn't he basically say that? Yeah, he said it. He, he not in those words, but he said you know anywhere from three to seven in the West could be jumbled up in any sort of capacity, or that it, it, there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out there. But he, he that was essentially what he said that all, he could see Auburn as third in the West, depending on the year they had. Okay. Well, his actual report for Athlon Sports on the website says uh, something a bit more, I guess. Uh, pessimistic, to put it mildly. <clears throat> Here's what he says. Final analysis. Unfortunately, for Harson's job security, this feels like another six-win team. Mm. Auburn has a tough non-conference test against Penn State in Week 3. They have to travel to both Georgia and Alabama this season. Harson badly needs one of his quarterback options to exceed expectations, but the optimism is dampened in Auburn. So that seems a lot more pessimistic than what he said to you guys. Uh, but I mean, do you guys uh, feel I'm misinterpreting his comments on the show yesterday? Yeah, no. What, what he was talking about was just that three through seven is all really tight. And so that, you know, he has picked Auburn last there. But what he's saying is the margin is very close. So in other words, he would not be surprised if three through seven becomes interchangeable and, and that there's a whole variety of outcomes, nobody three through seven is locked in. Okay. All right. Um, so I went on to see some other uh, per- predictions. And uh, Bear Sally, you know him. CBS Sports, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has a, he says, uh, Tigers are finding a way to compete on their way to seven wins. All right. So. That was maybe a little bit more encouraging. And and then I found uh, that the worst of the worst uh, comes from USA Today. <clears throat> their worst, uh, their predictions is we go 4-8, and eight, guys. Jeez, where did that come from? Uh, USA Today. Okay, wow, yeah. 4-8 and eight would be uh, disastrous for this Auburn football team. So there you have it. Seven wins, and, and of course you got... You know, Mr. Josh Pate having giving us uh, seven wins as aggressive uh, prediction, and then you've got uh, six wins by uh, 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 Athlon Sports. So, uh, guys, uh, I'm, I'm just not uh, I'm, I'm not buying this uh, continue. In fact, I even read uh, from uh, Jason Coleman or maybe Philip Marshall of all the returning people that we have in offensive line. You know, we have six. Uh, a six-year senior on the offensive line. We've got fifth-year seniors on there. So I've always uh, read from the experts that the more experience you have on the offensive line, 
the better your chances are uh, overall uh, for uh, the offense to, to, to improve and do better. Uh, what, what am I missing here that these prognosticators are just seeing a, a you know just a you know an abyss for Auburn football wise? Well, I think when you look at offensive line play, it is important to have experience. However, Auburn's experience with these offensive linemen so far are very up and down. Um, you know, two due years to injuries though due to injuries, but also the guys that played. I mean, the, the, this offensive line two years ago was a pretty good run-blocking line and a horrendous pass-blocking line. And then last year, they corrected the pass-blocking, but then they were a pretty poor run-blocking line. And so somewhere in there, they've still got to get better. I mean, they they do. And it's very possible they can take a jump, and, and maybe health has something to do with that. But if they play like they did last year, it doesn't matter how old they are. It's still not a great offensive line. It's just okay. Well, obviously, you're reading from Phil Marshall that we've got people who are experienced. Uh, many of them couldn't play at their top performance level because they were injured. Uh, many of them uh, also, you know, had other issues going on, and this should be a marked improved. I mean, uh, if if you you take it into account, then you know, if they can't do any better than last year, then yeah, we are in serious trouble. But I don't see, you know, why the assumption is that. They should do uh, no better than last year, given all the football injuries that the offensive line had to contend with, and also uh, the, the the different uh, play schemes that are involved. Uh, that's that's just what you know I'm wondering about. Now, you want to hear the bold predictions? The, the, this one this one shocked me out of the water. This comes from SI.com. Trey Lee. Okay. And this is the bonus prediction. Even I would not go this far, but his bonus prediction is this one. Um, sit down, folks. Are you ready? We're ready for, it. for it. He has us winning the SEC West. Ooh, wow. wow. That is uh, that is quite bold. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wouldn't go that far. But, yeah, he, he says Auburn wins the SEC West. This is a bold prediction list after all, he said. And uh, he goes on, he said, the quarterback situation will have to be stable for Auburn to win the SEC West. No kidding. Okay, so that uh, that goes that. And then, guys, I saw the uh, predictions for uh, the uh, first the second teams. Have you seen those, uh, AL.com? I haven't got a chance to see those yet. Go ahead. Okay, well, Tank Bigsby made it along with Arkansas's uh, – is Arkansas anyway uh, – for the first uh, team offense running back. Uh-huh. But guess who didn't make it at all on either the first or second team on defense? Owen Papo? That's correct. Yeah. How'd you guess that one, JJ? I just I know he's been getting a lot of accolades lately and, and so for some people to have him off a list is uh, a little interesting. He did not play much of last season, so I could understand that reasoning, but when he's played in years past he's been really successful. Well guys, I've seen people on their uh offensive uh and defensive list that haven't played a lick yet. And they're for Alabama. Okay. Uh I'm saying Owen Papo has not proven himself. A former five-star recruit, and he doesn't make the list. That wouldn't make uh, the, the second team uh, on defense, but not Owen Papo. Right. Yeah. And, and yet, Phil Steele has him on his uh, all uh, all uh, all team, uh, you know, listing. So I said, "Wow." Not everybody's so, going to be in agreement about everything, as you're saying. We're seeing a four and eight prediction all the way to an SEC West 
title for the Tigers. And so, folks, projections on uh, the SEC teams and how they make up uh, position by position will be a little different as well. So that's what I've got. I just try to make sense of all. How can how can it be this wild? The, the the predictions, guys. We go from 48 to winning the SEC West, right? Right. Uh, well, what what's I mean? What is the so much the this, this unknowable that uh, people can't be saying? Okay, here's now. How about a quarterback? Know, that, that, that's a big question mark. Yeah. Um, now most of the pronunciators are saying it's going to be Zach uh, Calzada. Uh, do you see any different guys? No, I think Calzada. I, I think personally that Calzada is going to be your quarterback one. I, I think all signs point to that right now. Okay, no competition from the other two quarterbacks in. No, I, I think I think Finley has shown that he is not a reliable guy. I think Robbie Ashford is a good quality guy, but I think he's going to be a quality number two. Uh, and then uh, Holden Gurner, I think, could possibly be redshirted. So I, I really think Calzada is going to be your guy. Last thought for us, Steve. Then we got to get out of okay. here. Last thought is, guys, if you haven't seen Elvis, go ahead and see it again. All right. We'll be sure to check it's, it out. It's worth seeing. All right. Uh, guys, I always, of course, I enjoy your podcast. I hope you'll have uh, Andy Bergman on soon because uh, I'd like to uh, hear his comments about how he sees uh, you know, from the inside uh, this team's you know, uh, progress or lack of it. You know, office and defense. Perfect. We'll be sure to catch right, up guys, with them soon. It. See ya. My time is up. I thank you for your time. Until next time, guys, have a safe evening and War Eagle, no matter what they say. That's right. War Eagle, indeed. That's our good friend, retired War Dam Steve, joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 If you would like to call in and be a part of our program as we take this chance to go back to the phone lines and joining us on the show is... James from Montgomery. James has called into the program today. Hi, James. Hello, and a War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about uh, Zach Calzada, and yes, I think Zach Calzada would be a good fit for Auburn this coming up uh, football season, and I would love to see what he's going to do for for our team this year as well. We'd all like to see it so we can understand if this team's going to be good or not because a lot of their success is going to depend on that quarterback position, whether it's T.J. Finley or Zach Calzada. They're going to kind of uh, help figure out how far this team can go. Yeah, so um, when we actually do week one against Mercer, I think uh, I think Brian Harson would have to start Zach Calzada for the first three games of that opening season as well. And I just want to see um, what Zach Calzada is actually going to do when we play uh, week three against uh, Penn State at home as well to see uh, if he's a good fit or not. What do you think some of his greatest strengths as a quarterback are going to be? Um, well, when he was playing at Texas A&M, I saw some great great passing, great um, mobility in his legs. So he reminds me of like a Cam Newton or probably I'll just set him a little bit higher like in the NFL. Probably he reminds me of like a Tom Brady-ish uh, type uh, quarterback as well. High praise, high praise. Hopefully he can uh, kind of live up to that hype and expectations. Yes, as well, because I am actually, um, I do follow uh, Zach Calzada, so I'm going to give him some uh, insights and uh, seeing uh, what he needs to actually improve to to be a better Auburn football player as well. You're going to send him a tweet? Yes, I am. I'm actually going to be sending him some uh, inspirational tweets and stuff and some quotes from like, 
you know, NFL um, past legends like uh, Dan Marino, Troy Aikman, uh, you know, those guys that, that he needs to actually look at, you know, look at some videos and, and, and like, work around those as well. Tell us something else, James. Well, I have been looking and listening all week about this uh, Deshaun Watson case, and they actually came up with the decision that Deshaun Watson is going to be indicted indefinitely. He is not going to be playing this coming up football season with the uh, Cleveland Browns. That was from... Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's upset about it. That's his team. And they're going to actually trade uh, Deshaun Watson to a different team as well. Yeah, indicted would be the wrong word to use there because, again, there there are no criminal charges uh, put against Deshaun Watson right now. But we're going to see how this story continues to evolve and move forward. It really doesn't seem like Baker Mayfield will be playing for the Browns much longer either. Uh, as that relationship appears to be non-existent with how they've handled this whole situation. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're just ready to get some answers about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so when I get more answers and to like more questions, I'll just tie it all together, and I'm just going to see what the Cleveland Browns are actually going to do if they actually had, you know, when they did the draft back in in May, um... You know, I'm going to see who they're going to actually add to the quarterback spot. I don't know who, but I don't know when that time will come. It might come this year. It may come um, before the NFL season starts in a couple of uh, weeks from now. Yeah, we'll certainly wait and see. Did you see the Atlanta Hawks just had a trade? Yes, I did. I actually did get uh, that um, You got that the alert? Yes, I got the alert, and um, I do. Um, I did see that from uh, FantasyPro.com. They actually traded um, a great player from one of the other teams as well. So I'm going to just see how he's going to do as well. Who was the player? Um, I don't know um, the guy's name, so um, I know he played for another team. I think he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what they said. He yeah. came from Milwaukee. The Spurs. He came from the Spurs. His name is DeJounte Murray, and the Hawks <sighs> traded Ga- Danilo Gallinari to the Spurs. Okay. So I think. DeJounte I think, Murray is his name. He's an all star. Yeah. So I think DeJounte Murray, I think everybody's going to be picking him for uh, their, uh, in, their NBA uh, Fantasy League next uh, season as well. Are you going to be picking him? Um, yes, I will be picking him, so I'll just have to wait until next season when the NBA uh, actually starts in uh, next year in 2023 and 2024. What else have you been up to, James? Well, i am actually uh, been up to uh, trying to see who I'm going to be uh, doing my mock drafts this coming up week as well. So I'm just trying to see, um, you know, who, who I'm going to actually be putting at for um, running back position as well. So I'm just starting off at a running back position, and then I'm doing quarterback, quarterback's position and running back's position for uh, my mock draft as well. For the NFL season or for college football? 
No, for the NFL football season. Okay. So you like Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. What, which of those guys stands out? Um, I'm actually going to be putting uh, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tyreek Hill from the Miami Dolphins. Okay, he's more of a receiver. What about Derrick Henry? Um, yes, I'm going to actually put him in um, in the next round and, like, in the next uh, in the next round sure. when they act, when they actually uh, pick me again. All right, sounds like you've got a busy a uh, couple of days ahead of you. So we've got a, a Fourth of July weekend coming up. You got any big plans? Oh yes, I do. I'm actually going to be going out to Montgomery to see the Montgomery Biscuits. We're actually doing a special Fourth of July celebration, and we are playing the Mon- we're playing the Mississippi Brave. I mean, no, no, no. We're playing the Biloxi uh, Shuckers at home. We have a whole week. Um, we have one whole week with them uh, on the 4th of July, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. So that is going to be a long stretch for the Montgomery uh, Biscuits to actually win all those games as well. Tell us an interesting fact about fireworks. Uh well, um, some interesting facts about fireworks. Fireworks were actually invented around 300, B- 300 AD in the Chinese in the in the Chinese era, and the Chinese actually used that to. Um, I guess they used that to like um, uh, warn off enemies and demons and stuff like that. That is unbelievable. Where did, how did you know that, James? Well, I watch a lot of uh, history on the History Channel and stuff. Do you know who's the largest consumer of fireworks in the world? China. Well, Disney was the answer we were looking for, but China is where they were they, they came from. You were exactly right about that. Yes, as well. Disney likes uh, to buy a lot of fireworks. Yes, because every year... I didn't even know this about Walt Disney World. Every year they do the Walt Disney World Disney 50th uh, Spectacular Fireworks display every 4th of July weekend. It's one of the biggest um, shows that they do every year. Unbelievable. You've been really impressive today, James. Yes, as well. You said that you would have some Wacky Wednesday material for us. Oh, yes, I actually do have some uh, Wacky Wednesday uh, material for you all. Actually, this one is kind of... This is kind of a weird thing for me as being an Auburn fan. Actually, when I was uh, going to one of the Auburn football games, I think it was like in 20... 17 when we were playing against the University of Georgia we were we were like we were up a, a decent amount of points in the second half of the game so i told one of the other auburn fans i said hey don't be like that we're going to make a comeback you'll see just wait on to the fourth quarter and next thing you know bo nix actually threw a a 109-yard touchdown to um, one of the guys that are actually playing in the NFL. I don't know his name. I think it was uh, Chris Davis or something like that. I think it was. I'm not sure. i got to look back at the video on that one. And next thing you know, in the fourth quarter, we actually scored a double touchdown. 
What is a double touchdown? Well, actually, we were we were going to we were actually going to do we were actually going to go for a one point score, but what happened was the score was tied, so we had to go up for two, and we broke the tie, and we beat Georgia, and that actually stands in the history of Auburn football. So I don't know if we're going to do uh, something like that again when we play against Georgia. So I mean, you, I mean, for me, I've seen some wacky stuff in Auburn football history, um, you know, over over time as well. I mean, that really was wacky because it's 2017. You're combining Ricardo Lewis and Bo Nix, and uh, yeah, in 2017 we had Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, and Auburn won that game by a lot in that pass. Uh, Darius Slayton caught a touchdown pass in the 2017 Georgia game. Yeah, as well. Um, I would like for you all to actually bring him on the show so I can actually get to, you know, talk to Darius Slayton on his upbringing of, you know, from what he was when he was a kid to uh, what he was now. Um, when he was at Auburn as yeah. well. So, and now so he's playing for the New York Giants. We've had Darius Slayton on the show before, so you want us to bring him back? Yes, as well, because I really, I really do like talking to a lot of uh, NFL stars as well. No doubt about that. He certainly is a star. What else is wacky for us today? You got anything else for Wacky Wednesday? Um, no, I do not. Not today, but I will have something for you all tomorrow. Seems like you've been shooting your shot a little bit with SUNY Lee. Uh yes, yes I actually have because I I actually do um I'll, I'll tell you all about that on tomorrow's show Perfect. as well. All right, sounds good. Well, you just could hey be on your best behavior. All right, I sure will. All right, thanks for the call today, James. All right, sounds good and War Eagle. War Eagle indeed. That's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line, and that will bring us to the end. Of the first hour of Sports Call here today, alongside, second hour, excuse me, alongside Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. My name is JJ Jackson. Fun coming ahead. Wacky Wednesday is here. We tell you what's new next on Sports Call. Two hours of the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy. And Van Cathcart is here with us as well. Our intern this summer semester uh, going to be on the show a little bit moving forward. Van, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm excited to be on the show. I've you, been waiting. Little, you have, I'm a little uh, nervous. Yeah, I'm excited for this. No yeah. need to be nervous. Like, yeah. great things are happening. One, it's Wacky Wednesday, so the yeah. pressure is immediately off. Right. And then two, you're with a great group here. Uh, you have been a member of the Thunder Chickens for quite some time. Right. You're known as being the best player on the Thunder Chickens. Star outfielder. I mean, thank just you, you. phenomenal player all the way. I mean, there's no arguments there, right? No. Does anyone? I mean, look, this guy is Triple and a superstar. Double. Triple and a double last week. And uh, you you are clearly roommates with Cam Barry, who's right. in our family at Tiger Communications. And so let's just make this thing happen, let's man. Let's do it. He's so I, good in the outfield that I sometimes get him to throw it in for me. Yeah. <laughs> I have done that. I, I say this. I... I feel good because you're very talented in the outfield, but I gave him a direction uh, the first game that we played last week. Their leadoff hitter, he was dressed in like a full baseball uniform. He looked like he played for the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> his, uh, his The guy's first hit, he just kind of dinked one and dropped one in front of the outfielders. And so the next time he came up, I turned around and looked, and all the outfielders were playing deep. And I looked at Van, and I said, hey. I was like, this dude's a dinker. I was like, come on in. What do you do? Hit it right at you. Yeah, right I, I, don't, right. yeah, I don't think you had to move. Good call, Tom. Right yeah, so we got the dinker yeah. out. I was like, I think yeah. I know what I'm talking about sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, it's Wacky Wednesday. So, oh, Tom, boy. what? Uh, I mean, the floor is yours. Good sir. No stories today. No. Um, animal facts, I don't believe, are on the docket. It's not, not an Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader sports no. call edition today, although those are fun when we get to play the music. But uh, what do we have due up, sir? All right. Well, I would love to hear Zeus read this, but I'll have to do my best Zeus impersonation. Okay. There's sneakers and stinkers, trumpets and squeakers, silent but deadly and under the cover heaters, raspberry tarts, horse and cart, heart and dart, and doily cart, beans, beans, good for the heart. Here's some facts all about farts. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Fart facts. Are y'all ready for this? Let's get wacky. Fart facts on a Wednesday. What do you got for us? Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan just looks totally embarrassed over here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, this. Yeah, it's not the way I thought this was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we're calling this JJ Did You Know. So JJ, did you know? Did you just rip one over there it was the microphone uh, <laughs> that would have been, been pretty spectacular i was almost made the joke well you can turn my mic off because anything i have to add to this would not be verbal <laughs> <laughs> well jj did you know fart may seem like a modern slang word but it has existed since the time immemorial the immediate root of the word fart is in the middle english words fairten fjorten and farten which are quite similar to the old high german word fearzon its cognates are found in the Old Norse, Slavic, Greek, and Sanskrit. So there you go. All right. You did not know that. I did, I did not, not know, know that. that. I promise you I didn't know that. There you go. JJ, did you know? 
Chimpanzee farts so loudly and frequently that occasionally scientists locate them in the forest by following their farts. <laughs> I love chimpanzees. I, I genuinely do. I did not realize that that was true. Gas produced by chimpanzees primarily depends on their diet. A diet of fruit produces smellier farts than the leaves. Figs, uh, figs produce the worst smelling farts. Often these audible <laughs> farts are useful for researchers to pinpoint their location in the wild. According to Adriana Lowe, a researcher of biological anthropology at the University of Kent in the United Kingdom, some of the chimpanzees have very long air being released from a balloon quality fart. <laughs> Locating chimps by the aid of such farts becomes an easy task. Van, <laughs> welcome to Sports Call. <laughs> <laughs> what an icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we calling this segment? JJ, did you know? JJ, did you know a pill called Father Christmas can make your fart smell like chocolate? I'm <laughs> sorry, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> a pill called Father Christmas can make your fart smell like chocolate. <laughs> I don't know what to ask, ask next. How is that possible, or why is it called Father <laughs> Christmas? <laughs> uh, after ingestion of the Father Christmas pill, will emit sweet chocolate-like smelling farts instead of the usual malodorous gas. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I took my headphones off, and we have it out in the hallway, and I still heard it play out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, JJ, did you know the world's oldest recorded joke was a fart joke? Okay. I did not know that. Farts are funny. That's just They fun. are fun. I mean, we're laughing. Well, yeah. here we are cutting up. Bathroom Classic. humor has a long history. In 2008, researchers at England's University of Wolverhampton traced an ancient joke about a woman who may or may not have tooted in her husband's lap. All the way back to 19, 1900 BCE, the Sumerian quip is delivered as follows, quote, Something which has never occurred since time immemorial, a young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. Girl farts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> JJ, did you know? Well, there you go. <laughs> JJ, did you know? Everyone farts. Thank you. Everyone does. Yeah. If you've ever encountered one of those people who swears up and down they don't fart, they're lying. If you're a human being who breathes, you're a human being who breaks wind. Gas is essentially the byproduct of the air you swallow, mixing with the generally healthy bacteria and other organic compounds in your large intestine, then finding its way out of your body via your rear end. In other words, everyone farts. See, I wanted to get more to the breakdown again, because I don't know that I've necessarily comprehended it fully or took the time to, quite honestly. But yeah, I mean, so we're consuming air, sure. right? Yeah. And then you're saying it's the air consumed is then interacting with bacteria sure. that's in our large intestine, yep. which therefore produces a fart. Yes. Got it. <laughs> yeah. JJ, did you know? Are we going to get the farting while you sleep? Is that I, coming up? I don't know. Maybe? <laughs> uh, apparently, you keep farting when you're dead. Okay, I mean, let's okay, keep it going why? then. We're getting oh. there. Because I've, I've been told that, you know, there are some... You know, there's some farts that may, may or may when not. When you asked me, uh, you said, I'll see you next hour, and I said, we'll see. I'm about, I'm about to head <laughs> on out of here. And you don't have anything to add? Um, right? Not right now. I'll let you know later. <laughs> uh, JJ, did you know 
The medical term for a fart is flautus. <laughs> I did not know that, no. If you want to sound super smart when someone steps on a duck, you'll want to use the proper medical term for a fart, flautus. It comes from the Latin word meaning the act of blowing. The first known use of the word occurred in 1651 and is simply defined as gas generated in the stomach or bowels. If you want to take your toot talk up one notch further, try using borbigamus. That's the word gastroenterologist used to describe the rumbling noise in your stomach makes when you've got some gas brewing. Let's talk about this. You know, I mean, because... I had some borbigandus <laughs> after dinner last night. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Borbigamus, yeah. Did you say flatus? Flat. Uh, that's it. Yeah, not. Uh, that's flatus. That sounds like a sounds like a, a something you would get at Taco Bell. Yeah, I thought that was a tortilla. <laughs> like I thought that was. A you get flatus from eating Taco Bell. <laughs> so, here's where I want to go. It's always a bad thing to fart, right? Like that's never. We we don't openly talk about farts. Mm-hmm. That's just not something that takes place. Which is why it's great to bring it up. On a wacky Wednesday. And when you fart, you feel bad when you're around people and there's a level of embarrassment that goes to everybody. Why? I think we might need to normalize <laughs> smelly air. <laughs> because everybody does it. Right. Everybody does it. You're right. And they're funny. I don't and know so why they're they so are. And, and so, you know, you've got the you smelt it, you dealt it, that people, who cares? Right. A fart is a fart. And when I start to, I'm going to now say, Oh, there's a flautus. <laughs> well, you know what happens. If it's you, okay. All you did was flautus. If you hold it in. Uh-huh. JJ, did you know? If you try to hold in a fart, it could leak out of your mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you're but then is that a burp at that point? Uh, it didn't, I think burps are different. Uh, if okay. Yeah, it says here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It says uh, if you hold one in for too long, it could mean that the gas will be reabsorbed into your circulation system and could actually leak out of your mouth. Does it still stink? Do the not same? take. I don't know. How long does that take? <laughs> <laughs> Van, Van is uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not interested in it anymore because, and t- I'm not interested in holding it in. Because I'm now normalizing farting, and yeah, I'm now free. free. I'm, I'm just trying to. I've held in my fair share of farts, so I'm trying to figure out like if it came out of my mouth smelling as crazy as it did. <laughs> Don't call me a liar. What's your next one, Tom? Uh, I'm going. There's so many on here. I'm trying to find the good one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff. We're uh, helping out fl- yeah. uh, flatus.com today. <laughs> uh, JJ, did you know? You know who Gerald Ford is? Yes. The former president. Gerald Ford blamed his farts on his Secret Service agents. He blamed them on his Secret Service. Yeah, when Gerald Ford, the 38th president of the United States, would let one rip, he is said to have regularly blamed it on one of his Secret Service agents, very loudly saying things like, Jesus, was that you? Show some class. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, JJ, did you know? It's a bad idea to fart at the police in Germany. Okay. They don't normally. They don't like it. In 2016, when Berlin police asked a group of people to show them some identification, one man floated a pair of farts their way instead. The farter in question was fined 900 euros for disrespecting law enforcement and started what became known as the crazy toot trial. It had to have stank. Which required the participation of 23 law enforcement officials and prompted a huge debate over wasteful public spending. 
Can you fart on command? Actually, some people can. Yeah, I, I know a guy who can. Like, at any given moment. He has to get into, like, a weird position on the floor <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like suck actually, air yeah. in to get it to come out. He can't just, like, regularly do I, it. I've but. seen videos. There's a guy that will, like, he will sit there in a some weird position, and he'll just, like, suck in yeah. air, suck in air, and then all of a sudden he'll blow one. Yeah, and we, you're like, we call wow. it the fart factory. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's fascinating. Because, you know, <laughs> there when you can... F- Let's talk about, you can feel a fart coming, uh-huh. right? And so oftentimes you make the proper movements and adjustments to get put yourself in a better position. You know, where's the corner? Let me get away from somebody. Let me get in my own space. And in that essence, you could fart on command. But I didn't know if they're, okay, so people can truly yeah. fart. And then the next thing you know, yeah. they're, they're fart. Okay, wow. Impressive. JJ, did you know? The fart factory. Tell me. (laughs) There is no scientific evidence that links how loud a fart is to its smell or lack thereof. Because I think most people, like, if you, like, blow a rattler, then it's like, oh, man, now it's going to be brutal. There's no scientific evidence to that. Because you can fart sometimes and it not smell. Uh Uh, Let's see. Um, What's your percent smelly fart to non-smelly fart ratio? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Who keeps track of that? Like, oh, that's a good one there. That one really stunk up the room. Well, speaking of, JJ, did you know your farts really do smell worse in the shower? Yes, 100%. 100%. I'm trying to put myself in a farting in the shower. <laughs> oh, you like have. I, I'm sure I have. I just don't remember. Well, so the lack of clothing means there's nothing to absorb the smell, and being in the shower means you're in an enclosed space, so there's nowhere for that stink burger to go. Plus, there's some evidence that all of that shower steam can actually enhance your sense of smell, which all adds up to one seriously potent bun shaker. Yeah. Tom, do you fart more frequently <laughs> later in the evening? I don't know. I don't keep track of it. Do you feel like you fart closer to the evening? I probably. I re- that's what I think... Probably. If I'm sitting here thinking about it, I think I probably when it's time to go to bed and I start to lay down, toss and turn once, or, and I'm I might let one rip every now and yeah, again. Yeah, after dinner, like six or seven, that's prime for time. Okay. Nope. JJ, did you know? Yes. Lots of animals fart, and for some of them, it can be a genuine matter of life or death. No. The Bolson pupfish, a fish found in northern Mexico, feeds on algae and can accidentally ingest the gas bubbles that algae produce in warm temperatures. That becomes dangerous if the air finds its way into the fish's intestines, which makes it difficult for the fish to swim. If it doesn't fart to remove the air, it's likely to die, either from being attacked by a predator when it floats to the top of the water or because of the gas bubbles ruptures its intestines. How do you feel knowing now that you... <laughs> are aware of the fact that there are life-saving farts. <laughs> Speechless. There, there, I mean, t- you just told us there are life-saving farts. Life-saving farts. Puff fishes, right? Pup fish. Pup, okay. Uh, pup fish. Uh, JJ, did you know? Life-saving farts. I'm going to ask you, what is the most notorious animal farter? Oh, boy. I, you would think skunk, right? Like, that's, well, that's coming... Well, it, it, skunk, that's a gland that they emit to, like, scare predators okay, away. That's well, not a fart. sorry for not being the smartest skunk guy <laughs> east like, of the Mississippi. Do, um, skunks do fart, but that's not the skunk smell. That's a gland, a defense mechanism. 
Of course, I guess a fart could be too. I'm going to say cow. A large, a large animal. No, now that one, that some one, fat there. A large intestine. That one is notorious, and, it, and it's actually a big thing with uh, greenhouse emit with the greenhouse effect and and uh, the emissions of the amount of cows and how much gas they produce is actually hurting the ozone layer. So that is true. Huh. However, the most notorious animal farter is the termite. What? Really? They may be small in size, but termites live in colonies of millions. So when each termite lets a half microgram of methane loose per day, it adds up to a lot. About 20 million tons of methane per year, or 1 to 3% of global methane emissions. <laughs> what? Because there's so many of them? Is that what you're saying? Because they live in the colonies of millions. So when you put that many termites together farting, it gives, up, it gives out 1 to 3% of the global methane emissions. I was going to say dogs. That was my guess. Termites. Dogs would have been a good guess. JJ, did you know that we've got a caller to get to? 334-887-3401. Fart facts on this wanky Wednesday. There's an alliteration for you. FFWW. Uh, we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. Michael from Auburn. Michael has called into the program. What's going on, Michael? What's up, guys? I, I, I think the termite thing is true just for the fact that if you talk to anyone that does pest control, they'll tell you that that if you have a termite, you know, infestation, it gives off a smell, and so that methane may be what they're smelling. I don't know, but uh, they, they say that they, there's a certain smell. But I had a question for Tom. Uh, I know we, you know, if you, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out the, the memory bank, but rat races and things like that, and, and the shenanigans that you do as a as a freshman or a rookie Auburn Tiger, like right. Fitting, fitting freshmen in the back of a uh, charter bus in the bathroom and how many you could fit in there. Uh, we, 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 we had the record of 14, uh, I think, my senior year of, of shoving the smallest people in there. Uh, and I can only imagine the horror smell of, of, of that. So uh, that was uh, – I, I don't know what the number was for Tom or if they did that. We also, you know, you, you lay on your back and you race them from the back of the bus and you know, to the front, and they just lay and go over the seats. You have to be careful with the, the not shove them into the TVs, but uh, that was also fun, too. But fitting them in the back of a, a charter bus bathroom was, uh, I'm sure, interesting and an interesting smell that, that uh, was not very fun. But there's always one rule on charter buses. You don't go number two in the bathroom on a bus. Right. And well, you do it. You do it on the other bus. Oh, you do it on the other bus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a large group. I'm going to yeah. go to the one I'm not going to yeah, be riding exactly. on. Typically, typically on the on the, on bus number one, and then you run away. Uh, you do number two on number one, and then go sit on number two. <laughs> and then go sit on number yeah. two. That's it. All right, all right, guys. I ain't really <laughs> got anything that. else today, but we appreciate right, it. Appreciate Good to hear from you. That's our pal Michael from Auburn there. I like that, yeah. Uh, don't number two on the bus unless yeah, it's yeah. A, a multi-bus trip, and then you can you can number two on the bus that you're not sitting on. I like that. But termites, well, they have the worst farts, you're saying? Well, they, they because the colony is so but many. But that's how we phrased it, right? You asked us who we Most notorious. Most notorious, okay. Uh-huh. Still leaning cow, but, I mean, the evidence is there in favor of uh, of those termites. Well, let's go ahead and talk about cows then. Please! JJ, did you Been know? Been waiting. Farts and burps of cows are quite damaging to the environment because their farts contain a high percentage of methane gas, which is 84 times more powerful than carbon dioxide. Each cow releases 200 to 400 pounds of methane gas a year through flatulence. 
French company Flatus. Yeah, Flatus. French company Valores SAS is encouraging farmers to feed cows alfalfa and flaxseed to reduce the methane release by as much as twenty five percent. Wow. The silent curd chewing cows are the source of eighteen percent of global greenhouse gas emissions. Good. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot of poop. <laughs> Uh, here's your one. JJ, did you know? Human poop and farts get their foul smell primarily from the chemical compounds scatole and indole. These compounds smell flowery at low composition, are used in perfumes. The U.S. and Israel have used scatole in crowd control sprays, and the stench does not wash off the skin for three days. It's weird that's coming. <laughs> that flower was brought up because yeah. most of the time that's thought of as a pleasant smell, and it's leading towards the fart smell. Yeah, at a very low concentration, it has a flowery smell and is a natural constituent of flowers such as orange blossoms. It's even used in perfumes. Oh, there you go. I like that, man. We farted it up today. There you go. <laughs> JJ, yeah. did you know? Okay, we got more. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Some people in China are professional fart smellers and earn $50,000 a year smelling wow! farts. Wow! <laughs> 50K a year! I'll do it. It may seem disgusting, but there exist people who are professional fart smellers. This job is in demand in China due to their unique medical beliefs. According to traditional Chinese medical professionals, the flatulence of each person has particular nuance such as a savory, sweet, bitter, fishy, and others. A trained fart smeller can detect these undertones and detect a disease according to the smell. In China, being a fart smeller is rather an exclusive job because only people of age 18 to 45 are licensed to do this job. Also, the person must be free of any nasal impairment or disease and refrain from all smoking and alcohol. So if you want to go, they diagnose <laughs> diseases by, by farts, by smelling farts. Let's practice. You know, it's no, I feel like right. I've smelled a disease before. <laughs> you know, that was more savory, a little bitter. I mean, that's that's essentially what they're it's doing. Like, and fifty thousand dollars. This has the undertones of. Uh, actually, uh, uh, I'll. That's oh, my next the char- the character uh, the character on uh, uh, Austin Powers, uh, fat bastard on on Austin Powers. Yeah. where he where he does that and he starts like talking about uh, everyone likes their own brand. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> have you ever been in an apartment complex and you smelled all the different foods cooking? It smells like that and farts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. That that's the best fact we've learned so far in China. You could get a job smelling farts, smelling farts for $50,000 a year, but you have to be between the ages of 18 and 45. Right. You can't smoke. No smoking, no alcohol. no alcohol. Why do you think there's the age restriction? I don't know. That's weird. I guess your senses Old are... Old people can't smell? Your senses they start are to deteriorate? From, maybe. I don't, is that true? I have no idea. That's, I that's a good line of thinking. I bet they start to deteriorate. Probably. Well, here's another one. JJ, did you know... I need one more thought on this. Okay. You know, we think you're, about you're all looking the great... At re- re- leaving the radio life and becoming a professional fart smeller? Well, all the great interviews that we could have on this program, right? Nick Saban, it, it just titans in, in the sports world. I think the better interview would be to sit down with a professional fart smeller. 
and just know what in the world that life is like. It's kind of like a wine taster, I guess. So You're making like <laughs> you show up. How many farts a day do you have to right smell? Oh yeah, you have diabetes. <laughs> 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 yeah. What is that one? Uh, mm, smells like gastrointestinal. Yep. <laughs> All right. Alzheimer's on the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. JJ, did you know? JJ, did you know? What you got for me? The bacterial composition of a fart is unique to an individual, just like our fingerprints. That's why you are not bothered by your own, but are nauseated by the farts of others. I did not know that. You're just knocking stuff over there. Uh, That's why the the truth and the fat bastard thing. Everyone likes their own brand. Exactly. Uh, We we all have noticed that often our own farts don't bother us, but when someone else's gas reaches our nose, all hell breaks loose. The reason behind this is that the bacteria producing these smells in our body are completely different and unique from other individuals. So our nose can recognize when it's our own smell and when it's someone else's. Also, it's a psychological fact that the more familiar you are with something, uh, whether it be a song, picture, or even a smell, the more likely you are to prefer it. So we don't feel nauseated by our own fart smell, but are appalled by others. So there you go. Nauseated is the right, because I was starting to sit there and think, I'm like, I feel like you can tell when one of your farts smells a little worse than the others. But maybe it's not to a level of where it's like, oh, that's... I mean, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess uh, we we do have more of a tough, but you could definitely tell which one is worse than mm-hmm. others. I'm not sure. Yeah, because my farts stink, and I can just sit in it. <laughs> but my, my girlfriend smells them, and she's got to leave the room, and I'm like, it's not that bad, is it? Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because JJ, did you know? As my family's walking in, this is perfect. <laughs> JJ, we got like a minute <laughs> left in the show. This is the right time for them to come in. Well, JJ, did you know? People who fart in front of their partner are more likely to have a lasting relationship. Amen. Wow. <laughs> right here. you got to be there careful. Right oh, yeah. for you, that man. was a great segue since you said, uh, while the world is leaning toward couple therapy in order to sort out problems, farts actually hold the real key to a happy relationship. According to a new research, couples who fart, uh, I'm sorry, according to a new research, couples who fart, who fart in front of each other uh, without any inhibition are likely to have a long-lasting relationship. The author of the book, Naked Parenting, uh, Lee uh, Des- uh, Decassaire has written a research paper confirming that trust and sincerity are the pillars of a lasting relationship, and that includes farting in front of our partner. I believe it. Perfect. Wow. We got wacky today. Unbelievable. Wacky on this <laughs> Wednesday. I'm going to leave fart facts. And I'm going to leave you with one last one. One last fart fact on the way out. JJ, did you know? JJ, what did you know? Let me hear it. One of the so-called cures for the bubonic plague was to fart in a jar and smell it. (laughs) (laughs) The Black Death, i.e. the bubonic plague, was the most feared disease in the Middle Ages. It was thought to be caused by deadly vapors. During this time, some of the doctors (laughs) believed that like, uh, like cures like. So according to them, the effects of deadly bubonic plague vapors could be made ineffective by therapeutic stink, i.e. flatulence. People started storing jars of their own farts in their home, and whenever the bubonic plague occurred in the neighborhood, they would take a whiff from the jar. (laughs) That's just... What in the... Silly, yeah. (laughs) All right, my favorite today was definitely $50,000 job in China to be a professional fart fart smeller. You got to be between the ages of 18 and 45. No alcohol consumption and no smoking. 
Perfect. Those are fart you, facts for a wacky Wednesday. You don't smoke. I don't think you drink alcohol. I don't. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm in the right you, position. You are, and you're and the I'm right still age. In between 18 and 45, <laughs> and yeah. I'm ready. That. I we mean, got, this might be a new career opportunity for me. Sure, certainly could be. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being here, Tom. That was fun. It's wacky. It was, it was wacky. wacky. It was wacky. Wacky, wacky Wednesday, indeed. Fart facts on a wacky Wednesday. Ryan, we'll see you later in the week. Sounds good. Van, thanks for making your debut. Thanks for having me. We'll do this again sometime. <laughs> even though you didn't really even yeah, get to talk much, I mean, you just like hear me talk about farts. I love so. it. Tom, we'll see you uh, Wednesday. Uh, next Wednesday, Wednesday. No show Monday. Yeah, yeah that's July 4th of July coming up on happy, Monday. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Happy birthday to my dad on July the 4th. So, uh, we yeah. love it. Yeah, man. All see right. you all Wednesday. That does it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in and calling in for Ryan LaVoy, Van Cathcart, and Tom Peavy. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.